All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A tremendous Thursday afternoon. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show. Sports 1440 presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Alberta's only regulated online gambling website, though. Tonight, a few little prop bets you want, maybe. McCaffrey, how many carries? Over 17? Check it all out at playalberta.ca. Giants, 49ers. Like, everyone would think this is going to be a blowout, but you never know. You never know. That's why they play the game. So uh, we'll see. What happens? Uh, training camps across the National Hockey League. You had veterans uh, on the ice. In some cases, a few not on the ice. Ryan McLeod did not skate today. Don't expect him to skate for a bit. He's kind of suffering the same thing as Echo, my understanding. Got a little bit of a tight hip flexor. So, uh, Noah McLeod, uh, Jay Woodcroft, session number one this morning was basically all the guys I think they're competing really for jobs. Now, I know Drake Kajula wasn't out there. He was in the uh, the second group, so I guess he would be the one guy. But you know, Sam Gagne was out in the second group. Gagne, of course, uh, isn't going to be ready to start the season for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, hello, if you're listening live on Sports 1440 or on Oilers Nation YouTube. Stop by, say hello, hit the subscribe button. Tomorrow we're giving away some tickets, so you'll definitely want to be there online. As we welcome into the show a little bit earlier... But that's okay. He's got a big fundraising event that he is going to tonight. So uh, he's able to join us a little earlier on in the show. It's our our daily Thursday co-host, former NHLer, former first-round selection. He's a two-time author, 
soon to be three. He's got number three in the book, in the works, maybe. Also, he stars in the TV show Shorzy as a hitch. And ooh, we're inching closer. Next week is when Hitch, see, or sorry, Shorzy season two comes out. And uh, you will see none other than uh, Terry Ryan on the show. TR, how are you? I'm all right. Good to be here. I was uh, golfing all day. I don't golf. So it was a, it was great to see my buddies, though. And then after this, we're going back for the banquet. Yeah, I, I'm real bad, man. I was reminded how bad I am. But here's the golf. thing. If you never golf and you never <laughs> practice, how do you expect? Like, it's not a sport that you can just, like, you can go out. I'm sure you can make contact, but you're probably slicing it. Or then sometimes yeah. you're duffing it. Like, that's, that, it's very much routine and rhythm and and obviously you have to get a good swing i have a lot of respect it takes like just to get up there every time takes a lot of concentration i mean i know i play sports you would think you know you can get up there if i you know go to hit a slap shot or you know it's normally going to be you know it might miss the net but it's going to be a good shot you know i get up there and some yeah i mean sometimes i hit it and it's it goes one way the other well i mean you know i'm just explaining what a lot of people go through when they golf, I suppose. But I mean, it, it's for, for a game that looks not going to say easy, but easier than other things. It's just so far off to me how, how, you know, the difference between the pros and the good players and then chumps like me. Yeah. So, well, uh, uh, you know, you have a little bit of fun on the course. Uh, it's for charity. So uh, that's all that matters. But um, would you ever get into golf, do you think? Or is it just not something that interests you? When I get out there, I enjoy it, seeing my buddies, and, you know, it's usually that environment, and I, I do, I think it's relaxing for the mind, it's real chill, get out there, you go for a walk, you're outdoors, there's a lot good about it, but so many things in summer come before that for me, Okay. that, you know, I think it's just going to continue to be, that was my third time out the summer, and each one was a charity event. Okay, well, that's fair, though, that's fair, that's, you know what, if you don't golf, you don't golf, there's nothing wrong with it, not everybody's into it, it can it can be frustrating, yeah. it's a little bit slower of a game, too, so it depends, yeah, it's all on priorities. Uh, I had a stretch where I golfed quite a bit, uh, then I had my uh, son, and I just didn't have the time, I didn't really have the interest, and now he's nine, last summer he golfed a little bit, didn't golf as much this year, but uh, we did go to the driving range more this year, he just wants to hit the ball, which is okay, uh, like, I never picked up golf till I was, like, in my 20s, I think, so... Um, you know, I'd like him yeah. to, to go and, and he likes it. My wife actually is, uh, she's uh, going golfing tomorrow. She, she's kind of being hit in the, uh, the range a little bit. I think that, you know what, if she wants to go and he wants to go, then I definitely do it more. Like I just, my favorite part about golf tear is when you're hanging out with the guy. I like the chirps. I play way better when I'm chirping. Like if it's, when I, <laughs> the serious golfers, like God love them, but no thanks for me. That's not, uh, I'm not that good. Um, uh, and most of the guys I golf with aren't that good. And even if you are a, a five, right, or six handicap, I'm like, yeah, great. Like you're playing around. Yeah. It's not like you're not going on tour. So no real reason to get that serious. It's like the guy blocking yeah, shots like, in men's if league. If I... <laughs> I'd want to be good if I if I put any time in. I'd want to be good, and I think I'm so far off that you know I, I play a lot of ball hockey. Still, my daughter, right? I mean, my da daughter's mom lives in Calgary. She's coming home soon. She's lived there for a couple of years, so you know, take four or five hours out of the day, and it's not just that. It was always skating, or 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 I like going. I I really this is going to sound odd, I suppose, but I like going camping. Sometimes on my own, I'll take my mountain bike. Oh yeah! But when I got one, I got one of those um, 
You know, it's a backpack type pop up tent. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll often take a bite. To, I mean, even during the day, not even overnight. Sometimes just pop the tent up somewhere. I enjoy doing that and getting you know free of my phone for a few hours. Yeah, golf do- so, sort of does the same. You know, you're out there for a walk. It's relaxing for the mind. Even sometimes to see your buddies, but not too many, right? Yeah, you don't see a bunch of people. It's not. This crazy situation, it's usually just a nice conversation. If the weather's great bonus, but like I said, so many things come before it that I think it'll always be a, a light pastime at best. That, no, that's fair. So uh, trading camp begins today across the NHL. Uh, McLeod and, and uh, Ekholm are out there. You know, Matthias Ekholm said, if this is a regular season, I just play through it. It's training camp. He's got a little bit of tightness in the, in the hip flexor. And if you Google hip flexors for hockey players, lots of guys seem to have tightness in it. Th- th- those are established guys. Well, Ekholm for sure. Ryan McLeod, I think most people have him, you know, in pen as the third line center to start so those guys can afford to be out a week and then you know they'll they'll be up to speed no problem i think by the start of the regular season but you know what the, the excitement there you know a brandon sutter for instance of course you played in red Deer. brandon sutter has been out for two years he kind of gave us a little bit of an explanation about his kind of what he went through with long covid and it really his long covid says it has nothing to do really with the virus it's his immune system like he just had shortness of breath for a long time it really like kind of nerve-wracking and scary and you know he wasn't able to be in his words you know even a normal father or husband and so he's happy to be that and then you know starting in july he's really been able to skate hard for the last few months and says he feels better all the time um you know that excitement level of training camp and, you know, he joked that he feels like a rookie because he's been two years since he's been at a camp. But, you know, there's just something about the first day, right? Now, talk to them in 10 days and they're like, oh, my God, and the agony. Let's get to the start of the season. But the first few days are pretty exciting. There's a lot of jump with the group. Yeah, and it's a feeling, you know, there's a, there's a whole lot. There's uh, that October is right around the corner. The fall is just beginning. I kind of like the fall, you know, and you're reminded that the summer's laid back tendencies. Um, you know, they're, they're packed up. They're in a box. It's all good. We've had a great time. Now, even summer sports, baseball are going into playoffs. But the day that camp opens uh, to a hockey fan, even to a player, like I remember going to camp and there's lots of reasons that you're like, okay, back to work. But tongue in cheek, you, you know, you're looking at each other. You're happy to see the guys again. And there's something healthy about the competition. Yeah. You know, I, I think most people that go, there is really something healthy about it, even though you're competing against your, I lo- against your buddies. I really enjoy that about hockey. I remember being excited about it. And, and you know, most people to, to be able to get along and you're, and you're, you're all going for vying for positions that it, it hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars around the line, but you come together and you're still buddies and there's a pecking order and a, and a you know, a hierarchy kind of with the leaders and everything. And it's, it's really, it's a, um, I think it's a symbiotic relationship with the fans too. The fans get to watch and get to experience it and, you know, have their opinions. I think it's a healthy time of year for hockey. And by the way, you mentioned Sutter. I got to say, the more I think about it, he's got a reputation of working real hard. If we know anything about him. Yeah. And, you know, so I don't know, and he's young enough. He's not spring chicken, but I, I think the two years, I don't know if, if there's anybody that can do it. I'm kind of excited about him being there, to be honest. I'm glad you brought him up. I was going to bring it up myself. Well, you know what? Uh, on paper, he's what they want. Uh, him and Lane Peterson, of course, a younger guy who I think last year kind of figured it out. Like, he had 17 goals in 18 AHL games. Like, when you're a goal-a-game guy in the American League, you can probably say, hey, I think I'm good enough for this league. Now can I go to the NHL? And obviously, he's not going to be a scorer. He's not going to be put in those situations in the National Hockey League. But, you know, he's in t- 
tough because so he has a contract that is league minimum. Sutter has a PTO, doesn't have a contract, but he has the resume, right? He's got the, you know, the 10 years as an NHL player, all those games. And so I, I, I do, it's human nature. I think you, you try as hard as you can as the coaching staff and everybody to go in and say, okay, we're going to watch preseason, but like Peterson's likely going to have to really outshine Sutter to beat him out because yeah. if Sutter signs a contract, Lane Peterson just goes to the minors and it doesn't impact the order salary cap in any fashion. It's just another contract and they have boatloads of contracts on the 50 man roster, right? So like, did, did you think about that as a player? Like everybody says, Oh yeah, you know what? Do your best. But sometimes you're like, yeah, I do my best, but still th- there is sometimes where you're, you're at a disadvantage. Oh, a hundred percent. I know I won't, I won't name names at all. And I, look, we all, I know deep in my heart that there were situations that I got sent down um, to Fredericton. Not just me. To, I'm, not, I'm not. This isn't a tripping over my lip here. There, you know, it happened. There was, yeah. you know, a bunch of us. We had some great prospects down there, and there was guys. I mean, the Habs didn't make the playoffs two of the three or four years that I was there. So, I mean, you can do the math. But yeah, you feel that. But there, there's also something to it, though. I also understood that there is something called experience that's that like if you're the Oilers, especially right, like Sutter really fits. Like if yes. he plays good, really fits. This is a team that's going for the Stanley Cup or bust. So to add a guy who already has played and is proven and is hungry, I don't know. Like, you know, I, so and Peterson will have time. I'm not saying that he won't play way better. But for me, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. And, you know, Sutter was in that position himself years ago. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Terry Ryan joins me, Jason Greger, on The Greger Show on Sports 1440, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. You can get involved. You can text us in our Jiffy Lube inbox to 833-401-1440. 833-401-1440 is the uh, text line. You can always email us, Gregor at Sports1440.ca. Connor, two N's, two O's at Sports1440.ca. Doesn't like it if you spell it with an E, okay? No E in Connor for him anyway. He's a double O, double N type of guy. Uh, we, we have a few texts uh, coming in already. Hey, guys, I was curious if Terry has any ideas on nowadays the games change. It's not as physical. If, you're, if you are an aggressive player, how do you get noticed if fisticuffs really aren't an option? That one comes in from Steve. Well, first of all, I, they still are, though, right? Like we say there's that the fighting's gone out of the game and there's like 300 last year, right? There, if you compare any other sport, they would think our conversation right now is insane. They'd say, <laughs> what? True, yeah. what? There's hundreds of fights in your sport. What are you talking about? So first of all, there are, and I think you can still time it. There's a lot less for good reason, right? I'm yeah. not so old school that I think, you know, it was great in the 90s. It's the way we should keep it. But it's a physical sport. You got weapon in your hand. There's no out of bounds. There's heavy hits. There's protection. There's on-ice police, whether you like it or not. So it'll always be part of it. Uh, but camp especially, is that's becoming more and more of a no-no. You know, you're, yeah. you're going, I, I never could understand that. We used to have the meeting at the start. Okay, guys, we don't want you fighting each other. But then you knew as soon as the puck dropped, you know, back in the day. <laughs> yeah. right, it was going to be, you're right. And, and there was no limit on it. Oh, like you could, I remember when I was trying to make a name, like you said, for these guys, I went over, I figured it was my, it was my last shot because I got injured there in Dallas, but I fought John Erskine six times one day. I just picked up my gloves and put them back on. You don't even go to the box, man. And he was kind of calling my bluff. He was beating me, but I couldn't, I wouldn't go down. He got upset. But like, you know, that was the way it was then. Like if you even ever dropped your gloves, you know, you're doing it in camp a lot, but 
Now it's changed, and again, for a good reason. But you can still be tenacious. There's a different, I think there's still tough guys out there. It's just a different t- kind of tough guy. Then when you get out on that ice and you put that puck in the corner and someone comes in, there's a lot of guys now that don't, well, even a, let's just say back in the day, I thought Peter Forsberg was really tough. I really did. I played against him one time like on the ice. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. He was first on the puck every single time. He would outmuscle you. He would block shots. He would do it. The only thing he didn't do was drop his gloves. But, I mean, how can I say he's any less tough the whole game and then have to be in great shape and be out there and still doing that? And guys who get one or two ships, you know, the prototypical tough guy that are taking shots to the face for 13 seconds, you know, what level of tough is there? So I I think if you just go out – and show absolute spunk. And there's ways to do it. There's ways to, without brown nose, and grease up a coach. Get out. Be first in line every time. Have a question. After the drill, okay, maybe that's brown nose in a little bit. But, you know, have a <laughs> question. Make sure you're vocal. People hear you. Be there. Yeah. That's doing everything you can possibly do. After that, hey, Cookie's going to fall where it is, right? Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, Mike, who's watching on our Facebook page, Baroders Nation. Uh, great to see you, Terry. I grew up playing with you in minor hockey back in uh, – uh, Newfoundland, you were a heck of a player. Mike from Clarenville. Where's Clarenville? Clarenville, I tell you, is about an hour and a half out, outside of St. John's. It's okay. close to Bonavista, where Adam Party, Michael Ryder are from. Okay. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I played, actually, I, I mean, we did play minor hockey out there against Clarenville. It's a very well for for the size of Clarenville, I'm guessing five or six thousand. It's well represented hockey wise locally, and like I said, those guys played in Clarenville. Uh, and but I played a senior hockey there just a few years ago. We lost in the Allen Cup final uh, in overtime to Dundas, who hosted Jay McKee and uh, Dundas Real McCoys, and they won. Clarenville won an Allen Cup in 2010. Uh, it's a great place to play senior hockey. Senior hockey goes over real well here because out around those places that are a little bit far out of the, you know, it's really something to do. There's imports that fly in. There's payroll. There's, it's wild. But anyway, Clarenville's an awesome hockey spot. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Uh, hey, boys, uh, this comes from Kevin. Who do you think are the top two candidates for the last spot, in your opinion? Kev's a good question. Um, honestly, I still think it's Brandon Sutter just because he's a right shot center you know he's six two six foot three he can win face-offs he can kill penalties he crosses off all the dots you know he says mm. he's in good shape obviously we need to see it the, the, the only question is how 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 fast is he right can he play with pace and you know what i asked him about that today and he just said you know when he had those first captain skates he's like oh my goodness the first day i thought there was like 20 guys on the ice everything was coming at you so fast when you don't play for a while like yeah your instincts are there but you just forget how quick it is. And he said for him, it was great to get in camp early and do those skates for two weeks. And so today he was on the ice and today Jay Woodcroft, it was unique what he did. I think he knows, everybody knows who's going at. So what did he do? He had McDavid's line, which was Kane and Brown and dry line, which is news and Hopkins and Hyman. They were in the white jerseys. And then you had basically like the guys who were battling for lines three, four and five. And today Peterson was taking McLeod's spot. He was with Fogel. Then you had, uh, you know, Lavoie was out there. Sutter was out there. He was with the uh, Holloway. And guess what? They start a little scrimmage kind of. You had blue versus white. So Sutter's going out there against McDavid's line or dry line. Because if you want to see how these guys are, Terry, you can, you can see a little bit in practice as much as in the, in the uh, preseason game, because when you got to try to, even if it's a one minute defensive zone drill against McDavid, 
Scout coaches are going to see that. They'll see how Sutter reacts there. Now, I know McDavid's not going 100%, but he's probably going about 97 or 98 because, you yeah. know, he wants to get in his pace up to where it's supposed to be. Definitely. I always thought, I mean, there's a lot to see in practice, I think. You know, when you're out there, it's funny. As as a player, you're you're not thinking. Sometimes I'd go out there and think, ah, oh, there's just, in my own head, oh, I'm warming my legs up for the game. But there's always eyes on you, right? Yeah. And you're right. If if some young guy challenges, you know, I don't know. Again, I'll, when I played uh, Saku Koivuse, you know, I just found him so unbelievably agile that you know you'd know immediately that okay, this kid can handle that. Now let's see what it's like in a game situation. But I think it can tell a lot. And as far as the players, I'd like to see what Holloway can really do. I'd love to see that. Um, and I think there's a lot, there's a lot more player to come out. The more confident he got at times last year, I was extremely intrigued. And he reminds me a little bit of me, and that he shoots left. He's a forward. He's you know he's had some great. Um, Preseasons and you know never really taken off and a lot of that's injury I get it but listen I, I got a question about Sam Gagne yeah so is he still on a PTO yet yes. he can't play preseason so are no, they no, really no. Re- yeah he could play well yeah like he can't because his his hips aren't ready yet so what's going to happen with him is he's going to go down to the Bakersfield camp and just continue skating okay. with them essentially and so I think it changes from a PTO I think if you're in Bakersfield I think it's an ATO I just think it's a different uh, amateur tryout if I'm not mistaken that's isn't that a bit I mean you know so if he goes to Bakersfield is that that's not real that's not seeing what he can do in the NHL still though so he's starting real late like when these guys are at camp yeah yeah I mean I I, you know I could so is he looking at an AHL two-way might be yeah i I think that ideally yeah he's just gonna want to get up the speed and i I think if we're being realistic now you know you look at sam gagne and maybe he becomes an option in late november right once he gets up to speed and everything like that and and maybe even later so yeah he's he's kind of taking himself out of the equation to be here to start the season for the edmonton owners just because his hips not not 100 ready yet to to get into game and contact action so there you go. Okay, I, I just wasn't sure. I oh, saw yeah. that he wasn't listed, and, and I was curious. But anyway, to, to answer that, yeah, my two would be Sutter and Holloway. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get to uh, Ryan's rant and more on the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, coming to you live in the E-Well studio, E-W-E-L dot C-A. Welcome back. Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. A lot of text flying in. 8, 833-401-1440. It's where you can uh, get involved in the show. Also uh, online, if you're watching on YouTube at Orders Nation, you're there. And if you're there, hit the subscribe button. Uh, a lot of questions coming in. Hey, boys, I'm curious. Uh, what's your thoughts about the hiring of Park Addy? Do you think it's going to be as massive of an improvement as some are suggesting? That one comes in from Dale. Um, It's a good question, Dale. I'll say that I think analytics are important. Now, the orders had an analytics department. Was it as in-depth as other ones? Did they have an Eric Tolsky? No, that's totally fair. They didn't. But, you know, Dave Tippett was big into uh, analytics. Uh, Jay Woodcroft is, right? So, you know, they had analytics. Can you improve it 100%? It's like some people will have a better head coach. Everybody has a head coach. Some have better head coaches, right? The orders had an analytics department. Probably wasn't as deep. Or as good as others. I think that's fair. Now, does getting Park Addy mean, oh, the orders are winning the cup? Of course not. All right? Because there are, there's no guarantees. It's part of the equation. There's teams out there that have really deep analytics department. What have they won? Some of them haven't won a playoff round. 
right? Some of them don't make the playoffs continually. So it's part of the equation. It's not the do-all, end-all. When I look at the Oilers under Ken Holland, I'd say he's made way more good decisions than bad decisions. Right? And keep in mind, some of the, and this is a small, it's a very small vocal group. So I want to clarify that. There's lots of people who understand analytics who don't jump into the deep end of the lunacy when it comes to analytics. I just want to clarify that. There's a small minority there. Oh, Ethan Bear is great. Ethan Bear, I don't care what analytics tell you. Ethan Bear, all you got to do is look at the results. Ethan Bear is not the answer to what the orders need. Full stop. He isn't. Doesn't mean he's not a good player. He's not what they need. Because if you look at third pair defensemen, because that's what Ethan Bear is on a good competitive team. If he's in your top four, your team is not going to be contending for the cup because he's not elite offensively, he's not elite defensively, and he's five foot ten. It just doesn't work. Right? And then if you go to third pair and defensemen, then you got to have guys who are on the penalty kill and usually bigger bodies. That's just kind of, that's just the makeup. I don't make the rules. That's just if, if you look at cup contending teams, that's what they have. Right? Very few, or their third pair guy might be a power play specialist, somebody who brings a lot of offense. So you could like Ethan Bear, but there were people that said Ethan Bear made Darnell Nurse better because of what the analytics told him, right? It's like Yesopoli-Arvey. He's the best option they had. Eh, incorrect. Okay? And that's where this. I think analytics gets a bad rap because some of the vocal people, people think that's a an fair representation of analytics, and it isn't. Parkaddy was never in that category. I've had great conversations with Michael over the years. Super smart guy. I think it's going to be a very good hire. They're, they're going to introduce some, some different things to the analytics department that they didn't have, and it should help. But you can have good analytic guys. doesn't mean you have success. It's one part of the equation. So, no, I don't think that, oh, snap your finger. Now they got Parkati. Plan the parade. Yesterday, people thought the Edmonton Orders were a legit Stanley Cup contender. They are one today right now. And, you know, we'll see how it impacts, like, they didn't use analytics to acquire Nick Bukestad at the deadline. Worked out. They didn't, you know, if they didn't have the analytics department that you claim, they went and got Ekholm at the deadline. That seemed to work out. So it, it's not like, you know, they've been walking around in the desert blindfolded, having no idea where they're going. So I do think analytics is important. I just don't want to overrate it. Just like I wouldn't overrate toughness. I wouldn't overrate other aspects. You have to have different dimensions on a team to win on the ice and uh, and off the ice. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's something that, uh, you know what, it can't hurt. That's what I'll say. And I, and I think it's probably going to help in certain departments, no question. It'll unveil things and it's going to create some conversations. And, you know what, he'll be able to present some data uh, and look at, and I think for a specific matchup sometimes based on what another team does and what their tendencies are, that's where it potentially could help. But nobody knows for certain how much they were doing under the Mahi brothers, right? You don't know. You're all guessing. I'm even guessing because they don't tell you, right? It's not like you sit down, they're going to tell you this is exactly what we're doing, right? So you don't know. Do they have guys with this background as in-depth as Tolski and others? No. So I think bringing in Parkati will help them, no question. What do I think? I think uh, it's – I don't want to say something too obvious here, but I guess I will – it's not the analytics so much as like how you use them, I guess. Like I really yeah. don't know enough about it. I can tell you who I think is a good coach or, or, you know, from what the data 
ironically, tells me from I read articles, watch TV, try to keep up to date. Uh, someone tells me, you know, some people go too far into it, and it'll really tell you that on the third Tuesday of each month, this particular player excels way above average. And to me, that's just fluke. I don't know. I can't see how that would help. But there are people that delve right into it so far that, you know, you've lost all sense of emotion in the in the equation. So I'm like you. Look, I'll have to trust it. I wish if there's one thing that I cannot rate all the analytics guys around the league, well, if there's one thing I can't do, that's it. Because I just don't know enough about what it takes to be a great analytics team. I know analytics are important. We've always kept data, right? The way we used to do it on the junior bus was open it up and read the hockey news stats at the back, at the back of the hockey news. You know, you would always keep track of data somehow. So there was analytics driving each and every fan and player. But it's just how you use them, and I don't know enough about it. I assume that, you know, given every, given his track record, what's his name again, Parchetti? Uh, yeah, Michael yeah. Parchetti. Michael Parchetti. You know, he sounds great, so you've got to have it, and it sounds like they have a good one uh, or a team of them. So there you go. Yeah, I, I think I think that's fair. And, you know, it would be unique to state, well, who do you think is the best? Because, because here's the thing. You don't 100% know unless you talk to each individual one and say, okay, what was your recommendation? Did the GM listen to this one? Because I'll say this about Carolina. I know for a fact that Tolski put in a lot of, they thought Scott Darling was going to work out. Guess what? It didn't work out. Now, there's lots of non-analytics free agent signings that get signed, right? People thought at the time that Benoit Pouliot was one of the greatest free agent signings ever. Didn't work out, right? Guess what? That was based a lot on analytics, so some work out. Then there's lots of free agent signings. We can go through Lucic. We can go through Ocposo. We can go through a lot of other ones that weren't based on it as much. And guess what? They didn't work out. So nobody has a perfect track record. No GM, no coach, no player, no radio sports host, no former player. Nobody does. So it would be a, it would be an interesting discussion. But the truth is, unless you actually were able to get the facts from each individual organization, okay, did you make this move based on a strong recommendation? Okay, maybe. Then we'll see. Does it work out? Did it not work out? That That's going to be a difficult one to uh, to really master. I will say this, and if, if we talk to Park Addy, them and the orders, he and the orders have been talking for a while. He won a contest that they had a bit a while ago. And, you know, it's so the conversations has been going on. It's not like uh, now he got hired now, right? So obviously Jeff Jackson may be uh, stronger influence to make it happen. Totally fair. But it's funny, and uh, you know, I, I know Park Addy has a lot of friends around Edmonton. If you ask them, they've had conversations off and on here for the last eighteen months. I'd love to know, you know, what was the deciding factor now that it, that made it work? And so we'll go from there. Let's get to uh, Ryan's rant now. Brought to you by Action Electrical. Family-run business celebrating fifty years. They just want to thank all of their suppliers, all of their customers. We're continuing to put faith in them. ActionElectrical.net. Here is Ryan's rant. Hmm. I just had another idea that could be a rant. I guess remind me of that later. And it has to do with analytics and how people absorb them. But this is, I guess, not so much of a rant as a comment and an observation. Tell me what you think here. Uh, as, like I said, I got into football the last few years. And I try to keep up to date with players, teams, systems. I find it really hard. That's that's one of the things I love about it is that there's so many options and, you know, so much thinking goes into the systematic play of the game. 
So as I'm watching recently, though, one thing that, you know, the player's energy, I love it. But I can't understand, put it this way. If I'm playing hockey, and obviously if I score a goal and I celebrate, I'm happy about the goal. Unless I do something really crazy to embarrass the other team, it's cool. You know, I can celebrate. It's cool. If I made a hit at center ice and celebrated after that, now I'm taunting the dog a little bit. Now, now I'm, I'm kind of putting my own teammates in a bad position. If I make a good pass and celebrate, that would seem utter, utterly ridiculous, right? Yeah. But we've gotten to a point in football that it's acceptable to celebrate a, th- a third down, celebrate a hit on a third down, in a 28 to 3 game. I don't understand it. I don't know when it got there. Uh I know the legends of the past, but I didn't always consistently watch football. But when I watched those old school games in like 1970, I like to watch anything like that for the historic element alone. And even the 80s doesn't seem like it's there quite as much. Now, like everything else, I'm assuming it came in with the social media era and people a lot of people are doing it for the gram, but for me, if I'm a teammate, I don't know if, the, if, if I jive with that. They just like any other sport, I'm trying to think. If it's 5 nothing in soccer and I make a nice pass even, not only a goal, that would be a bad time to celebrate, you know, because you're losing and you don't want to, you know, you're, you're just celebrating your own personal selfishness. But I don't get it how now we're not even doing it on a, a – <laughs> It's not It's not even the touchdowns. We're talking about third downs and second downs in the, early in the game when your whole team can can pay the penalty for that, right? Someone, If I get in your face and I celebrate and it's 13 minutes into the first quarter, now the whole game is there for the, you know, the tide to turn the other way. I just find it silly, and I don't am, – am I just old school here, uh, Jason, or what do you think of that situation? Buddy, it's an interesting question because uh, I, I was watching it the other day. Now, you know what? It's it's kind of like a, a random first down in the second quarter of a 7-3 game. And, you know, they got the handout and they're pointing. Sometimes they're getting down on one knee. And you're That's like, fine. Oh. And, 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 and so I'm kind of torn because I feel like, you know what? We don't celebrate enough in life. Uh, it, a lot of times, at least. Wow, you're going deep with it. Okay, right? in but, a cause, life. Because oh, okay. we don't, like when you think about it, something good happens, it's kind of, well, geez, you don't want to say too much about it. And so, because you never know when you're going to have another good thing. But in football, like you're Tyreek Hill, you're going to get another catch maybe a minute later, right? So do you have to celebrate everyone? I don't know. It's It does seem and like it's, it's gotten a little bit uh, much, Right. Um, like hockey doesn't have it because you don't really celebrate a great shot that doesn't score. Right. Now, if you have a big hit, the crowd gets into it. Right. Guy, you know, your bench is like, yeah. But when the guy hits him, it's not like he jumps up and he's like, ooh. Right. Doesn't- no, but what if he did? It's the equivalent of yeah. if he did. Jeez. I hate to what do you that. do? Wouldn't you think that's God, nuts? I, I, and well, here's fighting the, or no fighting, yeah. there could be no fighting. Someone is jumping off well, the bench to get that guy. Here, I just think it often it, as much. As it looks, I, I don't know, uh, weird and in and, and, and an odd way, egotistical and selfish. I mean, that's part of the game, I guess, now. But I find it puts your team in a bad position because I'd want to cream you, man. I'd want to get up and and absolutely put you into next year on the net. And, you know, you're setting, your, you're setting yourself up and, and your teammates for maybe karma to go the other way, no? Potentially, or 
What if it rattles you even more? And now Terry Ryan's on his next shift and all he's trying to do is head tunt. And now you're taking a stupid penalty because I've gotten in your kitchen. Right. So, True. you know, there, it depends. Like I will say, I like, I look at the guys in the NHL now who are like big open ice hitters, right? Radko Gudis can, can lay guys out a little bit. Libushkin, um, and they're funny both in Anaheim now. Um, if one of them, like think back to the old days, Scott Steven, Brian Marchman, Craig Muni, pick other guys that were big hitters and they rock a guy at the blue line and then they did a little dance. I think the home crowd. Or the fans of the orders love it for the most part, and the fans of the other team hate it. So if it actually brings more animosity to the game, wow. I think I might like it. Interesting. That's an interesting take. And you know what? Maybe I do sound like an old fogey, and no, no. I won't. I, I can get it, but I'm just saying how yeah. I'd have to see it to to think. Hmm. Like and now I'm intrigued. I'm like, God, I'd like someone to do it because a the reaction, but if it heightens the intensity in the game in November or December. I'm all for it because I do think at times hockey now, there's stretches where it's like a no-hitter. It's like ping-pong. They're going back and forth. And, yeah, it's fast, but there's not a whole lot going on sometimes. So I I think conflict and animosity is what makes sports better, right? And it gets us more involved, right? Like you get fans, when they dislike someone on the other team, now they're emotionally invested. You got them. It's no different than sports radio. Someone's texting in or, ah, Terry Ryan, you're an idiot. Gregor, you're an idiot. Yeah, but you're, we've got you engaged and you're listening. And even if you don't like it, what we're saying, you're still engaged. And I think yeah, that's you're, important. You're, you're not wrong. Yeah. So, you're not wrong. But I do. The I, other thing I'll add about this football celebration, sorry, sorry, yeah. I cut you off there. Um, is, yeah, I, I like hockey. You can like see the faces. Like I find it almost, yeah. <laughs> Again, I love football, but there's no like everybody. They look like a bunch of bobbleheads from from the camera, like way back. <laughs> so that that also looks silly to me. Like when they're, do- I guess touchdowns are different, and who knows? I loved when who was it? Uh, who was it? Terrell Owens? Yeah, yeah. When he ran point. and spiked it at center, and then he ate the popcorn. He had a few pretty good sellies there for a while. He, well, the one I remember signing the ball. Oh yeah, that's another. Remember he had up a the in his. Yeah. In his sock, yeah, ready, yeah. ready for the touchdown, yeah. I believe. And I then, believe. And then I the guy in Winnipeg did it, and they uh, overturned it, and it was a touchdown against. God, that was funny, too. So, uh, I don't I mind think. that so much. It's a touchdown. and But you know what? The more that we're having this conversation, the more I'm kind of siding with you, of course. I don't know if a te- as a teammate I'd love it, but other than yeah, that, that's fair. Would be You're right. Teammate. You're right. Uh, hey, uh, the old fun sponge, Eric Belanger, didn't even like it when Yakupov slid on his knees to celebrate a tying goal with two seconds left. So there are a few fun sponges out there for sure. The old Bermuda, the old <laughs> Belanger triangle. God, he was the worst. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, Ruben Bronte, uh, speaking of nicknames, geez, the Belanger triangle is pretty good. The human rake, Ruben Bronte. All pretty three good monikers. Uh, that was uh, Ryan's Rant brought to you by Action Electrical. We'll return on The Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We continue on a busy Thursday. Coming up later on today, Doug Waite will uh, join us. Former captain of the uh, Edmonton Orders. Recently announced yesterday, in fact, that he will be going into the Oilers Hall of Fame. So uh, he was on the ice in uh, San Jose today, but uh, he will join us later on. And... Uh, We might even have, we're probably going to have a special guest. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right after Doug Waite. I think you're going to want to hear that. So tune in. That's around 420 today on Sports 1440, also live in Orders Nation YouTube. I'm Jason Greger alongside uh, Terry Ryan as we get to the uh, oil report brought to you by Volvo of Edmonton. Uh, stop in right now if you're looking for a great deal, whether you got a, you want to finance a new vehicle, a demo, or a certified pre-owned Volvo, you can get it for 1.49%. I highly recommend the XC90. Oh, my goodness. It's the such a good SUV. I love it. It's the driving, how it turns. got all the bells and whistles, too. The uh, the, cru- the My favorite is the cruise control on the highway where I just put it on cruise control. If all of a sudden I'm coming up to a car, it slows down. Car gets out of the lane, sh- speeds up. I don't have to do anything. It's much more relaxing. Stress-free. Stress-free. I can't go full hands-off yet, but... That's uh, much more relaxing on the highway. As uh, we welcome in a, a gentleman who knows a thing or two about stress and vehicles, uh, Ruben Barante, uh, a.k.a. Robin Brownlee, joins us uh, once again. And uh, Rubes, I, I, I'm going to pose this question because it came in on the text line. I thought it was a really good question uh, because it really made me think. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious what the audience would say. Now, I know it's early in the contract, but uh, the, the question came in. Uh, from uh, from Braden saying, um, would you rather have Campbell on five-year, $25 million contract or Koskinen on his Peter Shirelli deal? <laughs> I, I, would, uh, I would rather have uh, Campbell on his contract, all things uh, being equal. I think... Uh, I think Jack Campbell is going to be fine this year. Um, we've talked about him before. I get the question. It's uh, It looks like a lot of dough when you get that kind of uneven year from Campbell that the Oilers just did. But I think he's just. I think he's going to be just fine, Jason. I think you got to play him a little bit less. Um, and you know what? The changes, we talked about the equipment in the past, New City. I mean, it sounds like excuses. The guys get making good money. He's a professional hockey player. But it goes against the norm for what his numbers have been in recent years. You went through that in an item you wrote. You can go back five years, and that was not the Jack Campbell that stood in the blue paint. 
the last five years. So for me, because I'm not paying his salary, he gets the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, no, that's fair. Like the previous four years between LA and Toronto, he had a 916. It's like 916 to 888. Yeah. That's a pretty significant drop off. So, um, and I'm not even saying he'll get back to 916. I, I, and to be honest, I'm not even sure he has to. Like that would be great if he did. But if you look at today's yeah. NHL, amongst goalies, there was 40 of them who started at least 30 games last year. If he's a 905 goalie, then he was 20th based on last year. And that's, you know what? That's fine. If, uh, especially if Stuart Skinner's playing well, then you'd be, uh, you'd like to be doing cartwheels. I think the orders will be good, but that would make their uh, season a little bit easier for sure. Um, we spoke to Brandon Sutter today. Uh, he joked about, you know, he kind of felt like a rookie in camp again. He was pretty nervous to start. Uh, and then he also joked about how, you know, you get thrown into the fire when they're doing their scrimmages and he's up against McDavid and Drysaddle. But that's kind of what he needs. Like, as much as we'll watch the preseason games for Brandon Sutter, I think the one-on-one drills where you have him and Peterson and them going against the order's top guys, I know they're not going to face those guys a lot in the in the regular season, right? It's usually best on best now. But it's probably a better evaluation to see, okay, how does he handle them than handling, you know, AHL guys or some other teams, you know, bottom six guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, the thing with Sutter that's going to be the question, Jason, and you know this, is uh, can he get there uh, on time now? Uh, he, you know, he's a, he's a big man. He's not a young man anymore. Uh, is he uh, quick enough on the skates? The other thing, I want to see more of uh, – uh, speaking of that spot and where they're looking to play, I want to see more of of Lane Peterson. He's not he, he's a younger guy. Uh, I think he gets around a little better from what I can tell. Doesn't have the experience. So I mean, those two right there. Uh, there's there's only really one job open, isn't there? And uh, I think those two. Uh, it's going to be fun watching them compete for it because they're different kinds of players. That Peterson, he's got a, he's got some offensive touch if you look at his numbers. Uh, he's produced a little bit. Now that's not necessarily what you want from a guy that low in the lineup, but it doesn't hurt if the guy's got a clue around the net either. Guys, well, Robin, I'm curious. It would be Skinner, Campbell. Am I drawing a blank here, or would would uh, Calvin Picard be third in that order? In uh, Picard, maybe Olivier Rodrigue, based on how he finished the yeah. season last year, right? Uh, and I think they might want him to play more just because, you know, he's kind of the potential where, you know, Picard, we know what he is. You know, he's an AHL guy at this point, which is fine. But I think you'll see Rodrigue, who took over in the second half of last year, I think they'll want him to be more of the starter in the American League. Okay, so is so there. There's there's some depth there then. A little bit. Sorry, Robin. Go ahead. Ter- Terry, for me, uh, the thing is this. I-, I think it's a clear. There's a clear separation there. They're not. I don't think they're counting or looking at at anybody breaking into that top two. It could be Pickard. Could be Rodriguez. We've said. I think the important thing is. I think if you see Skinner for forty five. 46 games somewhere in there uh, and Campbell for the rest. I know that doesn't line up with the contracts, but that's not how you play the game. That money is spent. uh, The contract is signed. I thought Skinner was a little bit tired at the end of uh, last season. The, The players will never say that, but he had not played that many games as a pro 
unless uh, I missed a year really early in his contract. And I think if you can get, it doesn't sound like much, but you go 45, 46 instead of 50 plus and Campbell takes the rest. I think you might have two goaltenders with more life left in them uh, when you get to the end of the road. Charlie Huddy is getting honored. I didn't realize that. And by the way, uh, Jason, you're having Doug Wade on. I did not know until you just said that, that both of them are going in yeah. or being honored. Yesterday it was uh, My announced. question for Robin was your favorite Charlie Huddy memory. With no disrespect to Doug, I didn't know that. <clears throat> favorite Charlie Huddy memory. <laughs> you know what? My favorite Charlie Huddy memory was just uh, standing around and talking hockey. Um, I, w- I got here for uh, his last Stanley Cup, although I didn't know him while well. I was just a kid, relatively speaking, tagging along with uh, uh, Jim Matheson at that point in the down down at the rink but you know Charlie loved to talk the game and if and you'd see him talking to young defensemen and he was never trying to uh, tell anybody or show anybody you know I mean the guy had five rings right in Edmonton it was well when I played that sort of overbearing uh, uh, I did it all I've seen it all he would just talk to young defensemen uh, and say look Maybe try this. Here's what's happening now. Uh, sometimes simple is better. And when you were the guy back when Paul Coffey was up ice, simple yeah. was often better because because Coffey had all the dangle and dazzle covered uh, up at the other end of the rink. But you know what? It was just watching him from a distance for many years, Terry, um, make sense and do everything he could to pass along what he knew uh, about the game. Now, if you're looking for something about uh, tales from the road, well, I won't go there because I I know a lot of them, but uh, <laughs> a lot of those guys know where I live. So let's just uh, let's just leave it there. And by the way, Doug Waite and Billy Guerin, oh, the best pair you could possibly travel with. Travel with man, they were running mates, and I tell you what. They were they were terrific players. They worked their butts off, but they also had fun on the road. It was a lot of fun uh, being around those two guys. Now, I think they showed up and once wearing the same suit at an event, and their teammates were just all over them. We're gonna have to ask Doug about that. Um, I'm pretty sure, like the yours had their big fundraiser gala. I want to say that they had the same. So I could be wrong. Maybe that's a maybe that's a myth and a wise tale. I wasn't there, but I've heard that story a few times. So I don't know if it's true or not. But uh, maybe I'll ask Doug about it um, when he uh, when he comes on the show in about a, an hour and a half's time. Um, one last one for you. Robin, um, you know, Terry talked about Dylan Holloway earlier, and he's he kind of, you know, he's curious to see where Dylan Holloway goes here this season. Uh, he was skating on a line with Brandon Sutter today. Again, Ryan McLeod's not on the ice. Uh, you know, he's got a little bit of a, not, nothing serious, at least I'm told, but, you know, soft tissue, tightness, whatever. Um, so he'll be out for a bit, kind of like Ekholm. And so uh, Peterson was on one line with Fogel. Sutter was with Holloway. Um, what do you... What, what do you make of Holloway this year? And is it still too early? And if he doesn't have a great camp, would you send him to the minors because he's, he doesn't need waivers and let him really kind of gain some confidence and play big minutes? Yeah, that's exactly what I do, Jason. I expect, uh, I think Dylan Holloway is capable 
of uh, of playing third line minutes this year and being uh, relatively productive. Um, you know, we did a thing as as did you. Uh, we got a question at Oilers Nation, people asking us to to pick a, a breakout player and in our Monday mailbag feature. I went with Holloway. Uh, I don't think he's the only guy that could break out, although there's not a ton of of first-year or second-year guys on this team. But I tell you what, I think, you know, he can get there. I think he's smart with the puck. I think he's got his feet wet now, and there's a chance that uh, um, I think he can have a relatively productive year. And I don't see if he gets any kind of ice time uh as a third line player, why we, we can't see, uh, you know, uh, a dozen, 15 goals uh, from him. Maybe that 15 is at the high end of the, of the range, but uh, I think he can be an NHL player, but it's, but for me, Jason, it's between uh, Holloway where he plays and how much we see from Broberg. Uh, we, that was touched on earlier. I'm wondering, I threw it out there on Twitter today and I also wrote about it at Oilers Nation, with Ekholm uh, back there uh, taking care of business, could a guy like Broberg move up to a second pairing and get more ice time? Is he capable of playing second uh, uh, pairing uh, minutes? I think with Ekholm, he could. Uh, Darnell Nurse, could Bouchard move up and play with Nurse? I mean, there's all kinds of could, could he, would he, but uh, I think Evan Bouchard's on his way. He's a good player. Uh, big help from assist from Eckholm on that. Does he go into the first slot? Well, it might be a push, but you could look at him there. I want to see Broberg. I don't want to see him buried sitting in the press box or getting limited minutes in that third pairing. Let's see what he's got. I mean, he's been up for a while now. Let's see if Philip Broberg can play, because if he can, man, open the gate and send him out there. Well, that's a preseason we'll showcase a little bit, and then obviously we'll get into the regular season. It'll be funny to see uh, what they do with their uh, seven Defenseman uh, Rooms, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. There'll be some preseason action to discuss. Yeah, sure. We'll see you guys. Thanks, man. It's uh, Robin Brownlee, a.k.a. Ruben Bronte. That was the uh, oil report brought to you by Volvo of Edmonton. Uh, as mentioned, uh, Doug Waite will be uh, joining us uh, later on in the uh, show at uh, three four twenty, And uh, a special guest will be uh, joining him after. So, uh, That'll be fun. Uh, we'll also hear uh, Fluto Shinzawa will join us. We'll go around the NHL. We'll stop in Boston. Man, like no playoff team has had more turnover and change in their lineup than the Boston Bruins. How good can they be? We'll find out after Connor Halley and a Sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering, your structural engineering specialist. Whether you're in the process of a renovation or building your dream home, BIE can help you out. Go to BIE. ENG.com.